Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, America. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America. Wait, no. Or was it one enslaved mind at a time, or is it one million? Oh, that's right. We need your help. Please digitally spread the word about what we're doing. Time grows short for the subjugation of our country, and we do desperately need your help. So please, share far and wide. Anyway, glad to be with you. We have Sam Arnold on with us, Pastor Sam. from He's broadcasting from unknown parts in Mexico, and he's our Latin American expert. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in Peru. And what's going on in Peru, unfortunately, cannot go on in America. And we'll get into some of those reasons why, too. But what's going on in South America as a whole with regard to elections is already here. There's not a free election on the face of the earth right now. There is not. I want you to hear what I'm saying. As long as you have ballot boxes and machines, there is no free elections. Anyway, we are brought to you by My Patriot Supply, best storable food out there. And ladies and gentlemen, given what's going on, I would strongly, strongly suggest uh, that you supply your family with all the food you can possibly carry. My Patriot Supply has a great sale on right now. They've not raised prices. In fact, they're taking $250 off the three-month emergency kit. And you say, well, Dave, I want more than three months. Well, order more than three months, and you'll make the savings all the way through if you order in three-month increments. Also, too, we're brought to you by the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. Food and water should be the theme when you're looking at the subjugation of this country right now, because we're going to be brought to our knees in these two areas. We know the grid has been fooled with. We know their beta test taking it down. We've covered that uh, ad nauseum. So what do you need? You need water filtration. The Alexa Pure Pro water filter is the best that there is, and I do mean the very best. The research is published at waterwithdave.com. They, too, have a special. Take advantage. Waterwithdave.com. We have other sponsors. We're going to cover them as we go through the show. I just want to get right to the point, though, because this is a big deal in Peru. What's happening in Peru, I wish could happen in America. Sam, welcome to the show, and let's walk through it here. We've seen significant changes in Peru, and they've done it in the face of corrupt elections. Exactly. They have made an impeachment of their leftist president, and it's really reverberating all through Latin America because, you know, the leftist governments, the leftist presidents feel like they have to support their party until until all of the accusations are in and finalized. And there are a lot of nations that are really upset about this and aren't are not sure what to do because President Pedro Castillo did not remotely serve out his term. There was an interim president before him who uh his job was just to have an election. And so then Pedro Castillo was elected, quote, quote, right? Everybody's elected today. But here's the thing. The Congress never accepted his election. So for 18 months, they've been trying to get him out. He's gone through five cabinets and probably 60 cabinet officials in, in 18 months as president. Pedro Castillo did. And three impeachment attempts where the Congress tried to throw him out and this third impeachment attempt looked like it was going to be successful, which is why he tried to dissolve Congress. So he's a bad guy. He's he has had his hand in the till and now he is now he's out and there's an opportunity for the nation. But this can happen. It can happen in the United States. It has happened. Let, let me let me jump in and be the devil's advocate here. Sam, I want to believe you, and, and, and I agree with you in theory. 
but I want you to listen to this phrase. Eight of ten of Carrie Lake's major claims against uh, Katie Hobbs and voter fraud in the gubernatorial election in Arizona have been thrown out by a corrupt judge named Peter Thompson. And I want you, I'm going to scroll down here and I'm going to read this here. Um, Okay, it says here that... I'm a big fan of Carrie Lake. So am I. Um, my screen keeps going black on me here. Okay, here we have it. Um, a court, listen to this. This is the premise they're starting the case on. A court must apply, quote, all reasonable assumptions in favor of the validity of an election. In other words, what they're saying, the starting point is that we are saying all elections are free and fair and there's nothing wrong with them and you have a hell of a job to prove that it's not in fact we're going to throw so many roadblocks into this which they go on to describe how they're doing the roadblocks in later sentences in other words they can cheat on an election in america here in arizona maricopa county uh and there's really nothing anyone can do about it that's what effectively they're saying and let me go one step further okay because I want to be careful about extrapolating what's going on in South America to uh, the United States. Uh, a guy who I've known, and I've been on his radio show a couple of times, Ron Gould, he is the uh, supervisor for the county supervisors for Mojave County in Arizona, northern Arizona. He was refusing to certify the election because of the corruption that was provable in Maricopa County. And he said, this affects the entire state, therefore I'm not doing it. Well, Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State who abused her authority by overseeing the election when she's running for office in that state, she told Ron Gould, if you don't certify, I will send you to prison. I will arrest you, charge you with a felony. So under duress, he said, under duress, I certify the election. I do not agree with this, but I have to do it, otherwise I'll be going to jail. Well, she is still going after him to go to jail. This is how corrupt we are. We are more corrupt than third world countries in South America, right here in the United States. So, Sam, that's why I'm saying we need to be careful about extrapolating meanings from South America to here, because we are way ahead of the curve on voter fraud. Yes, we are. It's just that uh, sometimes when the natives get restless, they actually go to fisticuffs. And that has been an advantage for them. The the people of Latin America who followed our lead into going into self-government and throwing out the Spanish and the Portuguese and the Pope and the Jesuit order out of 50 nations, they did that because they followed our example. And what's happened in the United States is anybody who questions the election who is in Congress, like, say, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, has been sidelined with this relentless assault by the media they've been, they've been called flat earthers and everything else because uh, they won't, there's just this media barrage against those few congress people who will stand up and say hey I don't believe that we got a fair shake the last time around I think that Trump won and it's been taken from him, the system is rigged, what happened in Peru is that this has been the majority of congress has taken that position and so I, we can we can take hope in these few black sheep turning the rest of the Congress around and then moving to an impeachment proceeding if battle in the streets does not come first. And this is another thing that we have to learn from South America. We talked about migrant hordes coming to America. Everybody said it can't happen here. We talked about migrant caravans and how. 500,000, that's half a million, to 1 million to 2 million Venezuelans and Haitians assaulted Peru, Ecuador, and Chile and changed those nations uh, to leftist governments for the most part. They haven't quite toppled Ecuador just yet. But that's how President Castillo got into power. And everybody said that can't happen in America. And sure enough, the Texas border is nothing but Haitians now and, and through the entire Biden administration. And so there, there are a lot of things that are happening in South America that are in one form or another coming to the U.S. of A. And I just like to build a little bit of hope that with uh, some Second Amendment exercise and with some agitation and action, we can we can get corrupt officials out 
I think that there is a ray of hope coming through, how, however uh, dark the, the storm clouds are and however distant it is. It is possible to get elected officials out of power once they take power. And in Peru, that has happened. And I was blindsided by this. This is my sector. I'm watching it. And I, I was really disappointed that Trump did not work more with Martin Vizcarra. He was finally impeached, that the interim president, Sagasti, that the U.S. did not immediately reach out to him and say, we're going to make sure that you have sound elections because Trump was still in power at that point. And that didn't really happen either. And so that election was stolen. And we're talking about this is not a conspiracy theory. President Pedro Castillo said himself that the Congress has been trying to impeach him since he took office because they do not accept the results of the election that he won and took office. And the Associated Press even reported that with the quotation in English. Of course, he spoke in Spanish. But this is coming directly from the president. I was impeached because the Congress never accepted my election victory. They thought that there were suspect activities in that election. So that's the deal. And they've actually gotten him out of power. Praise the Lord. Well, um, I am not confident that will ever happen here. Not without violence. And in what I'm well, in Peru there has been violence, and, and and this is part of the lesson. I talk more about that on my worldwide radio show because it's on shortwave and it's totally uncensored. But there are places where there's restless, there is restlessness that contributed to stability and American ideals. In Peru, they finally got the riots going. And now it's taken a couple weeks, but finally there are violent riots in Peru. Mexico is really worried about their 450 stranded Mexicans that are in Peru because travel across state borders and especially to get to Lima to make an international flight is very difficult with the violence and unrest. Hopefully that will calm down. Uh, President Dino Baluarte, the vice president who has been sworn in and taken, pow- taken power, is indigenous, speaks Spanish and Quechua, and she's reached out in Quechua. I, I, I actually broadcast her speech. She has reached out in Quechua to the tribes of Peru and said, hey, let's try to put our nation together. I'm with you. You're my brothers. You're my sisters. So for her as president to speak to them their own language in that way, I'm really hoping that they will calm down because there's been a lot of violence and and deaths in Peru, and I, I think that it's not necessary. In Brazil, the indigenous leaders are on the side of Bolsonaro, and they're, they're being violent too, but I'm not going to tell them to stand down. I think they have every right. Well... Okay, um, I think this is positive for the people of this region. Unfortunately, let me put it this way. When Peru went into a violent reaction to their election, you didn't have troops from the UN, 28 different nations, showing up. If that happens in America, and this is a real good compare and contrast, Sam, because of the Kigali principles, Biden simply needs to invoke 28 nations under the Kigali principles, a treaty that Obama illegally signed without the approval of the Senate. But uh, they will bring in troops from 28 nations to enforce their will on this country if this country stands up to an illegitimate election using forceful means. You want to respond to that? Okay. I understand that that's on paper, but the doing of it is quite another thing, and it has not happened yet in Haiti. If there was, if there were ever a, a small nation, an island nation that would be so easy to invade with a multinational force like that, it's Haiti on the island of Hispaniola, and they have been in, in violent unrest, and and it has not happened. And I see what's happening in Haiti having gone into a new phase where there are actual freedom fighters that are trying to rebuild their nation. And the big news is that Mexico may run a military intervention there. There's talk of that. They've already pushed it through the U.N., but the U.N. has not stormed in there to restore order. And so if they can't do it for a little nation like that, 
I think maybe the world's got bigger problems now with Europe being out in the cold in the middle of winter, having no fuel, having no ammunition. And this is where we as the, the new world, the Americas, North and South America, we have a chance. You know, there's even cracks in the dam with the Russia-China alliance. So we're, we're uh, recording on Tuesday. On Monday, just yesterday, President Vladimir Putin called President Alberto Fernandez of Argentina because Argentina won the World Cup. So Vlad thought he'd pick up the phone and say, hey, attaboy, I'm glad you guys won. It was a good contest. You know what Fernandez did? Slapped Putin in the face over the invasion. Made a clear statement that we need to work towards a peaceful and a stable world. And this was understood worldwide to be a condemnation of Russia's special military operation in Ukraine. Oh, I think that's good. And so That's very good. But Sam, I want to go back to something you said. We glossed over it. Please. Okay. You're talking about Haiti avoiding foreign intervention so far. But we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time if haiti is not subject to the kigali principles i just want to make clear that the kigali principles do not apply to haiti in any way shape or form so i'm not saying that a foreign power could not come in and do what they want to do to subjugate that country's rebellion but what i'm saying is it won't happen under the kigali principles like it would in the united states The UN has always been a serious danger, and there are so many sleeper cells in the USA uh, from a multitude of foreign powers. There are Iranian cells, North Korean cells, of course, massive amounts of Russian cells, and uh, above all, Chinese infiltrators in the United States. So that's all there. Those infiltrators could be activated, and those are troops that don't even need to be landed. They don't need to be airlifted. What I'm concerned about in the USA is Operation Garden Plot, and I have the Gunderson published the Air Force documents for Operation Garden Plot that they're ready to move 5,000 to 12,000 United States military members into any city where there's a breakdown of law and order. 
And so understand that that's going to be the first thing that happens if someone stands up and, and removes by force uh, a corrupt official okay, in, all in right. the United States. That's an explanation around it, but that doesn't change what I just said. What I just said, there will be no foreign intervention from the UN on a formal basis with the Kigali principles. That just does not apply. Now, I'm, I'm curious. I want to get your opinion on this. I'm not so sure that Mexico, if they come in and try to straighten out the Haiti situation, that they won't be acting in a quasi-Kigali principles type of status. I think that Mexico would want to do that because the influx of Haitian migrants is a security crisis and a humanitarian crisis for Mexico. So I think that they would be responding to that threat, which is a national issue for them. But it's a huge thing for Mexico to send troops off of Mexican soil. That's really unheard of. Okay. I'm not saying that there's not going to be intervention. I'm just saying it's not going to be in the form that we would experience here. Let let me show you how far this goes, because I think this comparison breaks down right here. In Camp Camp Grayling in 2014, there was an operation in which U.S. forces fought a war game against a multinational force at Camp Grayling. And it was in response to the Kigali principles. That's in play here in the United States. It's not in play for non-signatory nations. Now, Haiti, to me, is kind of an outlier. What's going to happen with Peru? Let me ask you this question, because I'm concerned that the Chinese will interject themselves in Peru, Argentina, and Brazil, if needed. Okay, and Chile. And the fact is, they they want that port of of Lima, Peru, the capital city of Peru, that port is is expansive. If you ever uh, land an aircraft in Lima at night, you'll never forget the port of Lima and all the huge cargo ships with their lights on out on that expansive port. Mm-hmm. So the Chinese really want that. They were glad to have a, a stooge in in the form of ex-president Pedro Castillo. They already have control of the governments in both Argentina and in Chile. And uh, Boric, the president of Chile, Gabriel Boric, said that he would invade Brazil with his little country of 21 million people. Chile is its a wonderful country and a beautiful country, but it the population and the economic output is a fraction. It's a 15th of what Brazil is. And so uh, for him to make such a boast, he is he knows that China is backing him up. So, sure, China could move in aircraft. They could move in uh, to the seaports of both Chile and Argentina without any problem at all. And the fact that they are losing their grip on Peru due to a nationalist movement is a, a shocking thing that I, I hope would encourage every American a little. Wow. Okay. I... Um let, let me ask you this. Is China going to insert themselves in Peru? Their intent is to insert themselves everywhere. Okay. What China but really specifically wanted. Peru. That's what I, wa- I want to answer to that question. Is it going to happen in Peru in response to this event? Uh, they have lost the opportunity to move in peacefully to Peru. They would have to come in militarily. They would have to come in with sabotage and assassination. In neighboring Ecuador, there's a huge amount of sabotage, over a 100 bombings just in the past year or so. So they've lost the opportunity to just steam in their ships, roll on, roll off ships and, and unload equipment, bring in aircraft, because now they don't have the presidency there. So they're going to have to fight for it. Which is which is what I always want is for people to stand up and not the, not let the Chinese come in and take over their nation. So yes, China still wants to come in, but they'll have to do it militarily. They'll have to do it supporting uh, today's iteration of the Shining Path, and that's why I really hope that the indigenous tribes, where a lot of the gangs and drug drug growing regions, narco trafficking gangs infiltrated in the indigenous tribes and i really hope 
that President Dino Baluarte can cause the tribes to come away from that and really support the nation. So China would have to come in supporting those insurrections and those guerrilla movements, which have been in Peru for, for decades, as you know, and have reported. Okay. Personally, um, I just wonder if China is going to be able to project that power. Because there's something going on in Asia now that's very interesting that could limit their ability to act forcefully in South America. And it's this. Japan is currently undergoing the largest military buildup in its history, minus World War II. Also, South Korea is going through a similar expansion. Taiwan continues to militarize. Vietnam is now placing military obstacles to counter the stationary islands serving as aircraft carriers in the South China Sea by the CCP military. So you've got four powers that are now projecting military power in opposition to Chinese expansionism in their own backyard. Do you think this inhibits their ability to carry out military-based foreign policy intervention in South America? Yes, it does. And every one of those little brother nations that we can get to come along with us and to get along with one another helps immensely against a huge threat like China. There's still a danger when Chinese puppets own the presidency like they do with Gabriel Boric of Chile or uh, Alberto Fernandez and Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner in Argentina. They don't need to bring in military assets and make an amphibious landing. They just bring in all of their junks. They just bring in their roll-on, roll-off ships, their cargo container ships. They just uh, steam up and drop anchor and unload because they already have the beachhead. And this is what's so dangerous about South America. I really hope that the conservative rise would continue. But now we've lost nation after nation of communism. And and so those two nations are, are a huge problem. That the, the maritime militia of China, which is expansive, the tonnage of their maritime militia and the uh, supposedly uh, civil-owned ships, which is all government in China. It's big companies which are controlled by the government. They have the sea lift capacity, absolutely, if they don't have to establish a beachhead. And they have that in South America, more places than one. Okay. I will, I'll take that generally as they're going to have difficulty in South America. Uh, see, I think what's happening in China's backyard inhibits the Belt and Road Initiative in general. And also, too, Russia is facing... Uh, let's put it this way. The sanctions haven't done to Russia what uh, America had hoped, but it's had some effect, and now they're coming to a point where they're going to need Chinese help. And I'm wondering if the Chinese are inhibited by all these uh, confluence of factors to even help uh, Russia in Ukraine. And uh, l- let me tell you what my fear is here, Sam. This I'll jump to the bottom line. I fear that China's being blocked. Russia is about ready to be blocked. And I see the two of them combining forces to start a world war. That's my concern. I'm seeing that block breaking down. And I really, e- even though they are joined at the hip on the BRICS currency, Peru is the third largest silver producer in the world. It's another nation with significant specie metal production that's necessary for the BRICS, and then for China to lose their their hold on them, it is really a blow for President Fernandez of Argentina to slap Putin in the face over the Ukraine issue. And, I mean, that just happened this week on a call that was supposed to be festive. It was such a great opportunity for them to just say, oh, hey, thanks. Yeah, the teams, they did good this year, did well. It didn't happen that way. And so I'm seeing the China-Russian bloc breaking down over the Ukraine issue. And uh, one more thing, China has to have, for them to survive as a nation, they have to have something in the Americas. Whether it's North America or South America, they really want both. They want wives from the Americas. They want Latin American women, which are acceptable bloodlines for the Han Chinese ethnicity to continue, they want the agricultural production. 
They want the beef from Argentina and Uruguay. They want the soybeans from Brazil. They have to come to America for their survival as an overpopulated nation and a nation that has destroyed hundred millions of women through selective abortion. So even though there are saber rattlings and rumblings, uh, the agricultural production of Taiwan and Japan is not going to suffice at all to feed China. They can't find their food. They can't find their wives. Not even Australia will suffice. They have to come to the Americas. So they're working very hard on it, and they do not intend to back down. Uh, can they be back? Well, let me back up. I'm asking the wrong question, because if Trump was in power, it'd be a good question, but he's not in power. Um, we know that the Biden CIA facilitated voter fraud with machines in Brazil. Was this widespread through the other two countries of Peru and uh, Argentina? Uh, and and Chile, yes, it was very widespread. And all the things that there is intent to push forward in the United States, the reduction of the voting age, making voting compulsory, has already happened in places like Chile and Argentina. And then on top of that, Sidney Powell flatly said that the Argentine election was stolen before the media barrage came against her. And she said it was stolen through Dominion machines and Venezuelan and Cuban operators. And so that evidence is there. It's on the table. It is known. And the media really wanted to try to silence every voice that came against that. But the voice that they could not silence is the majority of the Congress in Peru. And so that's why this impeachment happened. Clean slate. Maybe we have a chance. Here in America, we don't deal with voter fraud because people like Mitch McConnell, Rona McDaniel, the RNC head, Kevin McCarthy, the apparent uh, uh, Speaker of the House coming up, uh, these people are bought off. They're bought off with FTX money that's commingled with government money. They're bought off with other monies, um, and and they work against the American interest. In fact, I covered this this morning on John Moore's show. Um, you've got the Republican leadership actively uh, moving to rid the Senate and all legislative bodies across America, state, local, and federal, of uh, America First candidates. So uh, I look at this and I'm just saying the fix is in for elections in America. How is it that these same forces did not come to coalesce in Peru with their Congress? Our congressional leadership is bought off. They work against the Republican Party interests of America first. How did that not happen in, in Peru? Okay, there's a powerful force in the Congress of Peru, and that is the next generation of Fujimoris. When the year 2000 turned over, President Alberto Fujimori was still in power. That great Japanese Peruvian who took the presidency of Peru, and as president, he suppressed and sent his military out to deal with the Shining Path and all of the Chinese-backed narco-insurgencies that were going on in the 90s and into the, the new millennium. His daughter, Kiko Fujimori, is... The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. She was the first lady when he was president because he was not married. And so his daughter, Kiko, 20 years old at the time, was the first lady of Peru. Now she's a congresswoman. So she's in her 40s now, and she is an immensely powerful and smart conservative congresswoman and uh, her brother is also in the congress and each of them can has controlled about a third of the congress for a good while so between the two of them if they agree on something that's two-thirds 
And so this is why the Congress has not been totally disestablished. And one of the voting irregularities, which is statistically impossible, that happened in Brazil, for example, is that a number of conservative congressmen won their races while the votes for Lula da Silva uh, prevailed in those same districts. So for the same district to elect a conservative congressman and then have maybe millions of votes in excess for Lula da Silva is an obvious indicator of fraud. It's historically been more difficult to steal congressional elections. So that's how I believe Kiko Fujimori has stayed in power and has gotten more conservative and nationalistic congresspeople. And that's also why in the United States, Owen Schroyer was telling about how congressional races are more difficult to steal. This is why they have run uh, a swamp candidates. And going back to 2018, there was discussion of how many <laughs> conservative candidates going for Congress that had never run for office had this deep background in government work that is a military background that were then sheep dipped into the Department of Energy or whatever. Dan Crenshaw is one of them. Mm -hmm. And he won his seat in 2018 and then turned coat, tried to take everybody's guns. And this is in Texas. So in the U.S., there has been more significant effort to take over the Congress, and it's required a a huge Manhattan Project-sized effort by the swamp to run candidates that were uh, for the system, whether they're Democrat or Republican. And some of these smaller nations have, it hasn't been possible to run an operation of that magnitude. So our swamp is a lot deeper in the USA. That's why I don't live there. Okay, I agree with you. The swamp is deeper, but the same forces are in play. You have uh, Dominion voting machines. I presume you have ballot boxes. Are, are, is ballot boxes a factor in these uh, three elections that we've talked about? Four elections, including Chile? I'm not sure how much paper ballot activity they have. Uh, a lot of it is a lot of it is at machines. But the, every time that there is an election, unless it's even with the voter ID in Mexico, I knew two brothers. Both brothers, there was an attempt to vote in their name. One of them did not show up and vote, and so the record shows that he voted, probably for the bad guy. The other one came and voted early on voting day, and then someone else intended to vote later in the day, but failed the the fingerprint test, and his identity documents were canceled. So anytime you have these electronics, even with voter ID, you're running into you run into an opportunity for it to be backdoored. We need to get rid of those machines, and yes, there are machines in all those places. The machines, yes. i got to believe the ballots are part of it, too. I would imagine they came in with COVID, same as the United States. I would bet that that was a universal strategy. Do you have any knowledge on that point? I'm not sure how that election was stolen. Really... I considered that Peru was gone when Castillo took power, and I was very disheartened. And I, uh, by the fact that he took power and by the fact that the United States, even under Trump, did not really reach out to Martin Vizcarra and then to Sagasti after Vizcarra was finally impeached, Martin Vizcarra stood up at the U.N. So this is going back four or five years. He stood up at the U.N., and said, listen, we signed an inter-American letter of 2001. We have a responsibility to remove this undemocratic government in Venezuela. And we need the nations of the world to stand up. It was the president of Peru that did that, who was vice president. And then when uh, Pedro Pablo Kaczynski was impeached, took over. So this is just the hand of God getting in a vice president, getting a hold of that vice president. And then it was him that said, we need to get these footholds for tyranny out of our continent. And the fact that the USA just let that blow blow by, it was the perfect pitch to knock out of the park. And it happened more than once. And so I I was really disheartened when when, uh, Castillo took over. And now that he's out, it, it just shows that God's on the throne. 
And I, I understand that we all doubt that, that there could be a major turnover outside of an election in the United States of America. But not only is it happening in South America, it happened in the Bible to very great empires that were destroyed within an hour and the kings slain. And I also look at the Emperor Maximilian of Mexico, where the nation had to mount a major resistance. President Benito Juarez had to fall back to the provinces and run his defense from the northern deserts of Chihuahua. But eventually, he assembled his troops, marched back to Mexico City, and put Maximilian against the wall to the firing squad. It can happen. If we are to remain free, it must happen in every corrupt nation. There is no other way. All of our forefathers agreed. I don't disagree with that, but getting it to happen is something else. Let's talk about, here's another factor, too, I want to compare with America, but let's start with Peru. The status of the military with regard to being controlled by the executive branch of this illegitimate government that was just replaced. Um was the military under the control of this dictator, or did the military operate outside the control and was critical of the election? Militaries like individuals, uh, they have to decide who to follow. And Hal Turner keeps talking about how the Congress expires, the presidency expires on a certain date. Well, what does not expire is the people's will, who they will follow, and who they will defy. And the military made that decision that after he went through 60 cabinet officials and five entire cabinets and three impeachment attempts, that they were done putting up with him. And so, yes, he tried to fire the head of the military as one of his final acts. Well, eventually that came and and, and bit him back because the military, along with the federal police in Peru, stood against Castillo. Here's what, listen, it it was not the military and the police that got him arrested. It was the people of Peru because they heard in Lima, the rumor went out that the president, Castillo, was on his way to the Mexican embassy to claim asylum. And so the people of Peru stopped what they were doing, dropped what they were doing, drove to that colonia and choked the whole neighborhood where Castillo could not arrive at the Mexican embassy. And that has been confirmed by the president himself and by France 24, that it was the people blockading the Mexican embassy that prevented him from fleeing into asylum. And that's why Castillo is incarcerated in Peru today. And so it's all about the people. The people standing up. In in Brazil, the federal police are executing the warrants by Justice de Moraes, the head of the Supreme Electoral Tribunal and a Supreme Court justice. He's the one who's ordering the arrest of journalists, of uh, of the indigenous chief. He's ordering the, the arrests of uh, Brazil, Bolsonaro Associates, And it's the federal police that are executing those warrants. But the military is another thing entirely. So here you see something different. In Peru, the federal police and the military were on the same side against the president. In Brazil, there's a division and the federal police are executing the warrants. But the military is on the side of Bolsonaro. By the way, this came across my desk. I've got a purchase order that the Brazilian military put in an order for fuel These are the indications that the military is going to move. They bought 500,000 liters of gasoline and a million liters of type B diesel fuel. And so they're gearing up to do something. What remains to be seen is how aggressive the people are going to get in Brazil. And every indication is that they are going to rage, rage against the dying of the light. We'll know very soon because yeah, we we will. I'm not sure I understand though where the military lies. Does the military did they support this dictator while he was in office, or were they working against him? What was your what's your opinion on that? Uh, 
difficult question. I'm not I, sure. I know it's a difficult question. I'm not sure where they stood for those 18 months. Okay, that's that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. Let me let me just share. Let me let me do a compare and contrast to America, though, because I don't want Americans to become unduly hopeful, only to be let down. Because we have the head of our military has already said, "Oh, gee, uh, if we were going to attack China, we would tell my counterpart." And he said that in testimony re- related to the Afghan withdrawal debacle. Uh, this military is controlled by people who are not loyal to America, the Constitution, the preservation of uh, our ideals. That's how I see this military. I'm not saying individual soldiers aren't. I'm saying the leadership, the Pentagon. I mean, this is how corrupt they are, Sam, in our country. Right now, the uh, Pentagon has failed five audits. They are missing 60% of their budget, which I will argue in part it went into FTX and they used it to buy the Democratic election through campaign contributions. That's only one use of that money among many. And I'm just saying that uh, our military is hopelessly corrupt. They're operating like a mafia. I believe that, Dave, and and there's no clearer indication than the fact that I won't set foot on American soil. Okay, uh, I hear you. Where, where hope causes apathy, I'm very much against it. Where hope causes action, it can be very good for our cause and for the cause of freedom. Okay. I, um... During the Trump presidency, hope caused massive apathy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Trump's in; it'll be okay. He said, "Oh, Trump's going to get in in again." Everyone said in 2020, and so they were apathetic and uh, allowed a fraud to stand. And so much of this has to do with the government operatives that took over our Congress in 2018. A lot of them Republicans. Many of them are agreed with that. I totally agree with what you're saying. This is why I've quit the Republican Party. And uh, people have heard me say this and they're shocked. Oh, I'll still support Republican candidates. Uh, and I'll do so as much as I can financially. However, I won't give one nickel to which Rona McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, or uh, Mitch McConnell get their hands on. Uh, they're not seeing any of my money. I understand. There, the, My mentor, Paul Fisher, said in the 70s, he said, I'm registered Democrat out of protest. The Republican Party is too socialistic. And this is going back 40, 50 years. Yeah. I, um, let's, let's talk Brazil for a second. I'm happy for the people of Peru. Uh, I see China willing to fight in Brazil because of its strategic value. And I do believe we're headed for confrontation, civil war with foreign intervention from China. If you were to ask me to make a prediction, that's what I would say I think is going to happen. Uh, what's your prediction for what's going to happen in Brazil? Let's compare and contrast. Matthew Thierman said, that the Brazilian military had deployed against the Venezuelan border in preparation to repel a military invasion coming out of Venezuela. Now, of course, Venezuela's got a significant military, but such invasion would be heavily backed by a big brother. And that big brother would be China, because Putin... And Bolsonaro have an understanding. Bolsonaro went to Moscow in February in the very last week before the special military operation kicked off in Ukraine. And so they have an understanding. And these alliances are really unpopular because so many people still believe in this left-right paradigm. But someone would be supporting Venezuela to bring in those troops. The problem is Venezuela does not have a Pacific coast. China has to come around the horn in order to uh, they have to completely circumnavigate and then really go in through Maracaibo Lake to bring significant seaborne seaborne assets into Venezuela. Aircraft, of course, they could have snuck in by the hundreds and, and have them hidden out in the jungles. The rumor is that there are even nuclear missiles 
in Venezuela hiding in the jungles. And that, that was supposedly the case also in the 1970s. That's very, very telling. Um, is the Brazilian military willing to go to the mat to prevent this illegitimate takeover of their government by Lulu and the Chinese? Yes, they are. That's the difference between them and the USA. Yeah, exactly. The fat Americans. <laughs> no, Sam, They're, you just said it very well. You just, right there, that's the whole show in a nutshell, right there. They're willing to do what we're not willing to do. Once it's understood that their existence is at stake, then people change their attitude. In America, everybody's thinking about going back to work. And it's not just the Congress that's on the gravy train, Dave. It's the school teachers. Uh, let me tell you a little preacher joke. You know what ambulance drivers and school teachers have in common? What? Drum roll. Both of them are cops. Yeah. So you've, there are so many government employees that are on the government gravy train, and then there are government contractors. And all this money printing sustains the life of most of America. And if the plug is pulled on that, they just don't know what they would do. There is literally this nine meals from anarchy situation and a nine days from cannibalism situation in all of America. How did I escape that? I'm a field missionary. I've been cut off from the world. I've been kidnapped by communist revolutionaries. I've lived in the jungle. So uh, that is how the break is made. When people are rebuilding their nation from zero, when there is no government check, when there is no paycheck, when the, the whole idea of the income and outflows and the salaries and then using them to pay the bills of uh, Americans. Listen, you're my people. This is the problem with our nation is we do not have a resourced and asset based worldview and economy. And so everybody's got to be prepared for when that's cut off. And when that's cut off, then we'll have the opportunity to make our nation great again, but a, a huge percentage of our population is going to go straight to stealing, straight to marauding and warlords and, and gangs the moment that, that the plug is pulled on the government gravy train or the dollar or even just the power grid. That's that's the problem. But when, when you're looking at these other nations, the amount that a soldier gets paid, that a police officer gets paid, in Mexico, it's like a hundred dollars a week, not a thousand, not two thousand, no, like a hundred American a week, and that's actually a decent salary. A lot of people are living on much less than that. A lot of my personal friends go work in the factory sixty or seventy hours a week for one dollar an hour, so they're making sixty or seventy dollars a week. Now, you as an American, this is why you need to have your preps you need to have your storable food you need to have some weapons and lots of ammunition get it now because this is coming to america the breakdown is coming to america and it, the the big question for the typical american is whether they can make the big step make one giant leap when the plug is pulled down to an economy of barter assets what you have, what you can grow, what you can build, and what you can make. We have this Walmart mentality, and it'll be a miracle if that does not kill us. Many Americans will die just in the pandemonium. And this is where Latin America has an advantage because they've never been so high lifted up out of the poverty that they don't know how to function in it. This is why the Brazilians, they realize their existence is at stake. Also, the nations that you mentioned in the Pacific, Japan knows there will be no Japan if they let China run over them. China would be more than happy to nuke Japan into a moonscape and then just build their, uh, their, their shore defenses in the, in the nuclear, uh, waste zone. They would be happy to do that with Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan just to keep the U.S. away from their coasts forever with long-range coastal defense radars and missiles and, and airstrips. The, the survival of those nations is at stake, and the average person on the street, even though they're city folk, they're smart people, college-educated, working in skyscrapers and in 
very clean, sophisticated, brand new factories in Japan and Taiwan and South Korea, watching TV, watching Netflix. Nevertheless, they know that they will be wiped off of the planet. The whole idea of changing the channel, going back to school, going back to work is not an option for them. They know their existence is at stake. And this is why the Brazilian military will stand up. Yeah, well, the, you know, it's interesting. It's encouraging. The Brazilian citizens are standing up, and I don't know if one side is feeding off the other. I suspect some of that's happening, but the citizens are are going to jail for their Facebook posts and so forth, and they're saying, we don't care. We're standing up to this corrupt election, and I'm thinking, where the hell are you at, America? See, I, I think, Sam, what we have here, these nations in South America don't have centuries of longstanding government that's continued. And I think that people here are lulled into a false sense of security, that this is just a phase, a pattern we're going through and we'll come out of it when we're not coming out of it. It's the end of the way we live. And uh, that's, to me, the danger that uh, we're seeing here. Young revolutionaries are more ambitious than people who are fat, happy and thinking things are going to turn around. That's why I think we see a big difference in our country compared to Peru. My grandpa was in flight training to run heavy bombardment in World War II, if you don't mind me telling a short war story. Yeah. And when he was in training before he went to war... we got about two minutes, so I just want to make sure you know how much time you have. Okay. His instructor took him up in the B-17, and they were at altitude, and his instructor said, feather engine number one, meaning shut it down and to turn the propeller like a feather into the wind so it didn't spin. Okay, so he's flying on three engines, and he's doing okay. Now, this is where most of America's at right now. Okay, the economy stinks. They're they're losing their assets. Their home value's going down. It's all right. They've only lost one engine. Well, the instructor took a second engine and then took a third engine where he only had his number three engine with the generator running. Well, Grandpa was pretty nervous at that point, and the instructor said, now, how far can you fly? And Grandpa looked at his altimeter and saw that he was only losing 50 feet per minute. And the answer was that he could fly all day on one engine. So this is a decision that nobody wants to have to make, but it's it's best to count the cost now while you're in training before war breaks out. How far can you fly? How long can you live on the assets that you have? Exactly. And if Americans make that decision and, and buy some of your stuff, then uh, they'll be better off. By the way, make sure you have a corkscrew, because in the spoils of war, once battle breaks out where you are, you will find a bottle of wine, and I want you to be ready for that. That's sage advice. Um, Sam, this has been interesting compare and contrast. There's not a definitive ending yet, because the ending hasn't been written. But, uh, Sam, tell people how they can follow your good work. Thank you, Dave. Uh, My main site is gospelgunslingers.com. I have a new worldwide radio show on Monday nights. You can hear it in the USA on WBCQ at 6 p.m. on 9955. Also broadcast into all of Latin America. It's 90% in English, totally uncensored. So please come join me there. Reach out to me on gospelgunslingers.com. You can find my Twitter. I have a YouTube. They're censored, but you can find them if you search Gospel Gunslingers. And please reach out to me. Please send me a note, a prayer request, or a dollar. We teach on self-defense and self-government from the Bible every day. Sam, are you going to stay put in Mexico? Is that your plan? I intend to continue to travel the world from here eventually, but uh, I'm not setting foot back in the United States. Not until there's a major change. There's been, yeah, I'll tell you, it's going to become very dangerous after the first of the year for people who are freedom loving to stay in America. Uh, the uh, centralization and consolidation of power is currently underway using inappropriately the FBI and DOJ, and nothing's going to come at Twitter, folks. If you think something's going to happen there, you're waiting for something that will never be and certainly isn't going to happen. We'll, we'll, we'll have investigations. We'll have investigations. We'll, we'll investigate ourselves into oblivion. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you being here, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you check out our merchandise store, DaveHodgesMerch.com, and 10% off coupon code Dave. 10, and we'll see you all back here again next time.
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.